Our text today for our message is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And if you're visiting us or you're catching us online, we are in the middle of a series called The Power of And. And it's part of our journey through the book of 1 Corinthians. And what we have noticed as we've gone through this letter, 1 Corinthians, that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth as here is this letter that was written to a bunch of people 2,000 years ago, and it's very relevant to us today and what we are experiencing today. It's like people are people. The more things change, the more things stay the same. So as we look at our text today, uh, turn with me to chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. If you don't have your Bibles with, we have Bibles in the pew, otherwise you can look up on the screen, starting with verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. We have a similar problem in this passage, especially in verse 1 here of chapter 12, that we have in chapter 14, verse 1. And if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at chapter 14, verse 1, where it says to pursue love and earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit, it says in most of our translations. And if you remember, we talked about in that verse, the Greek word for gifts, charis, is not in there. So it's really pursue love and earnestly desire the things of the Spirit or desire the things, the spiritual things. Well, we have the same issue in verse 1 here of chapter 12. In that, the word gifts, the Greek word charis, is not in this verse. So, in other words, it literally says, concerning now the spiritual, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So, it gets me wondering if, again, in this section of 1 Corinthians, that Paul is talking, yes, he's talking about gifts, but maybe he's talking about something bigger and more than gifts. Some of your other translations, like if you have the New Living Translation, it says spiritual ability. So now, concerning now spiritual abilities, the message Concerning now various ways that God works in our lives. And the Jewish Bible says, concerning now things of the Spirit. So the idea for me is that the power of and, which is our series, is that this spiritual thing that we are living is about gifts and. So the question really for me is, how do I, how do we live by the Spirit? There's something else that I noticed in these three verses as I was studying them over the last week or so, and that is this. If you re re look at chapter 12, verse 2 again, it says, You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. 
So where the people came from is they were following idols. And again, in Corinth back 2,000 years ago, they had a pantheon of gods, a bunch of different gods. They were idols. They were things they followed, things they worshipped. But Paul is telling them, hey, they're mute. They don't speak. So why were you going to them? Verse 3, I notice this. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And I highlighted the word in. Some of your translations may say by the Holy Spirit, but um, I, I like to trans the in better because for me, by speaks. If you're going to be... Um, you know, say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's almost like the Holy Spirit pushes you into it or the Holy Spirit does it and you're just kind of along for the ride where in the Holy Spirit gets to me about a relationship, this intimate relationship that, it's, that it's, it is about the Holy Spirit, but it's about me being in the Holy Spirit, in this intimate relationship with the Spirit. And, and I wonder if that isn't a piece of what it looks like to be spiritual or to be Spirit-led. If you remember from chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, which we were in a long time ago, Paul tells the church in Corinth that we have the Spirit of God living in us. It's the Spirit of God that speaks to our spirit. So contrast that. Paul is doing a contrast here. He's saying, before it was idols that you worship that couldn't speak, that don't speak, that are mute. But now, it's in the Spirit. The Spirit of God is in you. The Spirit of God that knows the deep thoughts of God is in you, communicating to your spirit. Talk about extremes, right? So now maybe you, you, you get why, why Paul, and we will see as we move forward here, why Paul says, hey, you really can't say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit is in you. So all of this brings to me why I've entitled the message today, Spirit-Led Equals Intimacy. You see, intimacy is all about communication. All we have to do is think about marriage. What is one of the keys to a successful marriage? Communication. Early on in our marriage, I didn't have this down so well. Luckily, in our 31 years, the last couple I've kind of gotten better at it. I was pretty passive-aggressive early on in our marriage, which means that I held everything in. And then when I, when I was ready to blow, it blew. Which is kind of frustrating if you're married to a passive-aggressive person. But somewhere in our journey, that became that the reality of that that's not working was really coming to light. We might have been having some problems in our marriage. 
But I remember writing down in my prayer journal and asking God that our marriage would be one that is intimate. And there was three words that I wrote down that I wanted our communication to be marked by. Honesty, transparency, and vulnerability. You see, if you're going to be in an intimate relationship with somebody, you have to be honest and transparent and vulnerable. I mean, it's not even an option. And the funny thing is, is that as I began praying that, um, the realization came along that I was the one that needed to be honest and transparent and vulnerable. I mean, not that, not that Terry didn't need to work on that also, but it's me and Jesus in my prayer's closet. So Jesus is going to talk to me about my stuff. He's not going to talk to me about Terry's stuff at that moment. And so he, Jesus began pointing out, okay, Brad, if this is your desire, then how are you going to be honest and transparent and vulnerable? And the other side of this is that I needed to begin to learn to not just listen to Terry, but to hear Terry. So when she communicated with me, I needed to learn how to hear her. Intimacy is about communication. Dr. Gary Smalley in his book, The DNA of Relationships, says this about communication True communication usually does not occur until each person understands the feelings that underlie the spoken words. You see, if we truly want to communicate with somebody, it's not just about expressing words or listening to words. It is getting below the words to the feelings behind the words. And once I begin to catch the feelings behind and underneath the words, then I'll begin to understand, and as I understand, intimacy will increase. This is why I keep talking about in this whole series, as we talk about harmony and unity, is, is that our brains are cognitive misers. We don't really want to get to know somebody's feelings because to get to know somebody's feelings makes work, it's hard work. It's not easy to understand somebody and to be in an intimate relationship with somebody. But if you want to have intimate relations with your spouse or anybody else that is important to you, then you need to remove the cognitive miser, remove the labels, and get to know their heart. There's another quote by a very important person, and this quote is this. I love days like these. The person who said this just happens to be my wife, Terry. This is something that Terry says when we are doing something together. It really doesn't matter what it is, but when we're doing something together and we're having a good time, all of a sudden she'll just blurt out, I love days like these. Okay, so maybe a little more elaborate. I'm not quite as expressive as Terry. But here's a crazy thing, people. 
I know how to create those days. I do. It maybe took me 10, 15 years to figure it out, but I do. And really, it doesn't take much. And it happened over time as I got to know Terry, got to know her heart, got to know who she is and what she enjoys. It's almost like you could say, on those days, I'm Terry-led. I'm going to go someplace with that. You know it. Being Terry-led is out of my intimate relationship with Terry. Here we go. Being Spirit-led is out of my intimate relationship with the Father. You see that? You see, we all desire intimacy. Whether we realize it or not, we want to be heard, we want to be seen, we want to be known, we want people who understand the cry of our hearts, we want people that are there when we are feeling lonely, our desire is to be known, our desire is for intimate relationships. We can put up the facade and the wall and say, no, I don't need it, but deep down inside we all desire intimate relationships. And the reality is today people are more lonely than they were 25 years ago because we have more friends on our social media today. But social media is communicating in 2D. We are meant to be communicate in 3D. We got to get beyond the surface. Our desire for intimacy is a result of our being created in the image of God. And not only do we all desire intimacy, we desire intimacy with God. Think about this. God is actually living in an intimate relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It is a picture of intimacy and oneness. You and I are created in the image. We are image bearers. That means we are, we are created to be in an intimate relationship with the Father along with an intimate relationship with others. The Bible is a series of stories about people in an intimate relationship with the Father or... God pursuing mankind or people longing for more of God. This is why, and we know this, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. To create a way for us to be in an intimate relationship with, with God. And when you and I surrender our lives to Jesus, the Spirit comes in. And now we can have an intimate relationship with God. So here's Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter, verses 2 and 3, and he's saying, hey, before you knew Jesus, 
you were chasing after gods or idols that were mute, that there's no way. This desire for an intimate relationship with a being greater than yourself, you're trying to get it in an idol and it's not there. Now you have Jesus, you have the Spirit within you, now you have an intimate relationship with God. You see, people who live by the Spirit of God, they know God. And since they know God, they're not able to curse God. It's In my intimate relationship with the Father, there's no way I can say any kind of curse thing about Jesus. No way! Because of my intimate relationship, it's just not possible. Same too. It is not possible to live out my life as Jesus is Lord without being in an intimate relationship with Him. They go hand in hand. Intimacy, being Spirit-led. John chapter 15, Jesus talks about the vine and the branches and abiding. That's all about intimacy. You can have an intimate relationship with God. You can. If you're not a follower of Jesus right now, it begins by you having a conversation with God and surrendering your life to Jesus. It begins by you saying, God, I want to be in relationship with you. Not sure how it happens, but today I choose to surrender to you. I choose to pursue you, to go after you. That's where it begins. And if you haven't done that yet, today's the day. Come see me after the service. I would be more than willing to talk with you and help you in that journey. But it begins there. That's where it begins. You can have an intimate relationship with Jesus. If you already our follower of Jesus, you can have an intimate relationship with God because the Spirit of God is in you already. So one of the ways to have an intimate relationship with God is by learning to communicate with God. We talked about this at the beginning. Communication is the key for my relationship with Terry, being all, uh, vulnerable, honest, transparent. What about your relationship with God? Do you communicate with the Heavenly Father with honesty, vulnerability, and trans- transparency? So how do you communicate with God? Well, one way is by reading your Bible. This is a bunch of letters written by a bunch of people who have intimate relationships with the Father. It's about the good things they did. It's about the bad things they did. It's about the times they really did a good job of having an intimate relationship. It's about times when they failed in that intimate relationship. Read Psalms. Psalms is a bunch of journal, basically, writing. People writing about talking to God, communicating with God. Another way of learning to communicate with God is by praying. Prayer is basically having a conversation with God. Sit down, have a chair in front of you that's empty, and picture in your mind that Jesus is sitting there. And just start talking. Don't worry about having all the right words. 
It's not about saying the right thing. It's about just sitting. A number of years ago, we were uh, at a prayer meeting. Uh, a friend of ours had cancer, so we were gathering in prayer. This guy, Tony, who was a deputy sheriff, he came in. And he was there, and people are praying. There's some people praying these amazing prayers, and you're just going, God, oh, I wish I could pray with that. And then Tony, just got, he goes, hey, God, it's me, Tony. Um, I'm here again. Yeah, so I'm here just to talk to you about my friend Gary. He needs you to heal him. That's all it is. Just however God created you, just have a conversation with God. Another way to learn how to communicate with God is by journaling. Write down your thoughts. Write questions to God and then listen. God, I'm not sure about this. And then just wait and listen. And then write down whatever. Don't try to just whatever comes to your mind and your heart, just listen and write. That's what part of the Psalms are, as I mentioned earlier. There's lots of other ways to develop intimacy and communicate with God. Go for walks. Get out into nature. Sit in silence or solitude. Go serve the poor, the homeless. The list goes on and on in how you can open yourself up for communication with God, thus opening up yourself to intimacy. As we move forward more towards being spirit-led, becoming more intimate with the Father, there are some expectations that we, as a community of believers, need to expect. Okay? Um, Because we're in this together. We're all learning what it means to be intimate with the Father together, to be Spirit-led. And just like becoming intimate and learning to communicate with somebody else, there are some hiccups. Terry and I have had some hiccups in our communicating. Even, you know, even now there's times that we're just not communicating right, so we got to figure it out. Sometimes that causes conflict. So we need to remember that as we journey together to learn to be more intimate with the Father, that we're in this together and we need to have healthy expectations of one another. There's three expectations and these come from... Gary Smalley's book, The DNA of Relationships, and he's talking about expectations of learning to be more intimate with each other, and all I'm just doing is transforming it to learning to be intimate with the Father. First expectation, expect problems and misunderstandings. Now, there's no misunderstanding on God's part, right? But I just want you to know, to expect problems and misunderstandings, that sometimes I may hear the Spirit of God wrong. Or I may be listening too much to my flesh or something else, and I may get it wrong. And by expecting that, when somebody makes a mistake, it's not a surprise. It's like, oh, they're on the journey with me trying to figure this out. Cool. The second expectation is this. Expect you will need lots of patience. Again, it's not about God. God has all the patience in the world. Thank you, Jesus. But we need patience with each other. 
Sometimes we feel like we want to be these spirit-led, intimate gurus, or we expect others to be spirit-led, intimate gurus, and the reality is we're all on this journey trying to figure it out. So let's have patience with each other. Let's give each other a lot of grace. Let's just figure that we're going to make some mistakes on the way, but we're going to make mistakes together. Third expectation is this. Expect a lot of trial and error. Again, the trial and error is not on God's part. Um, Again, we're not going to fully understand the Spirit. So expect errors. Expect that we're trying it. I mean, I keep reflecting on when our kids are growing up and they're learning to walk and they fall. We don't kick them to the side and say, stop trying to walk until you got it down. I don't want to see you walk again until you got it down. That's stupid. So if I feel like God's speaking to me, and I say to you, God, you know what? This is what I sense God may be saying. It's okay for you to go, hmm, not quite sure, Brad. And that shouldn't hurt you, and it shouldn't hurt me. As we move forward into chapters 12, 13, and 14, I want us to remember that being spirit-led is about intimacy with the Father. And I'm hoping that we can have an environment where we're all pursuing love and earnestly desiring the things of the Spirit, especially that we may prophesy because we want to grow in our intimacy with the Father. Before the service, I was handed this little note. This is some example of somebody listening to the Spirit and writing it down and thinking maybe it should be shared today. So I'm going to read it for you today. I, the Lord, just want your heart You may not feel like it is fit for a king, but it is perfect. It is all I have ever wanted. I don't care about the condition of your heart. It doesn't matter if you think it's broken, because when you come to me, if you are willing to surrender your will to mine, I can and will bring healing to your heart and your mind. Romans 12, 2. That's about intimacy, right there. Let's pray. Father God, um, so, so grateful that you desire to have an intimate relationship with us. 
and that we can. Father, we desire that and we long for it and we, that's part of our journey as we want to be in intimate relationship with you. Help us. Help us as we do this, Father. Help us to love one another well in the middle of this. Help us to grow. Help us to have lots of patience for each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to end our service in a little different way. Um, I asked some of our elders to go to different corners of the building and... um,